And the Louisville Cardinals are the 75th NCAA College Basketball Champions. And Rick Pitino with the Bucs and Confetti has won his second national title. Oh my goodness! Donovan Mitchell! Mitchell takes middle, gives it to Adele, scores for two. Wow. Snyder trying to go by Adebayo. He does, and he lays it in. Adebayo had no chance to stay in front of Quentin Snyder. Snyder knew it. Jackson keeps it again, trying to stretch to the edge. What a hurdle by Jackson. Highlight reel touchdown. Lamar Jackson does it again. Jackson, look out, makes a cut, why not spin in for another touchdown, unbelievable, he has seized this national stage and made a strong early, early Heisman statement. The winner is Lamar Jackson of University of Louisville. Welcome to the CardinalConnect.com podcast network, your number one source for Louisville Cardinal athletics. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Cardinal Connect podcast. Unfortunately, this week's episode is not coming to you during great times, but I have a guest who's ready to go through it all with us. Um, The one, the only Currently a columnist for NeverNervous.com, Mr. Chris Hatfield. Chris, how's it going, man? Uh, you know, it's going as good as it can. Um, here we are again in this situation, unfortunately, but not too bad. It happens, yeah. It's unfortunately, as Louisville fans, we've gone through quite a bit in the, in recent days and recent years, and. Um, it will get better, but um, but we do have another scandal on our hands, which I'm sure everyone listening is pretty aware of. Uh, Tuesday morning, there, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the feds, unveiled some allegations, a, a large-scale investigation that's been going on for several years into college basketball recruiting and the role of shoe companies in in that operation and of course as everyone is aware at this point louisville was heavily implicated when it comes to the recruitment of brian bowen a five-star wing recruit who who everyone is aware came pretty late in the process and um that has costed the jobs of tom jurich rick patino and, and pretty much ended an era not just for louisville basketball but just louisville athletics as a whole so, Chris, you know, when this came out on Tuesday, what was your initial reaction to, to you know, the investigation and seeing Louisville as a part of it? You know, I think for me it was almost weird at this point because I was just a little numb um, because it's it's one of those things where, you know, I guess if you're an Arizona fan or, you know, maybe an Auburn fan, they're seeing this news for the first time and they're kind of shocked, like, you know, they're surprised. But for me as a Louisville fan, sad to say it, it was just like, again, right. You know, I've, I did, I did a little bit of covering recruiting when I kind of first started getting out and writing. And it was always kind of one of those things that something like this could be possible. You know, I mean, it, it was kind of one of those things that I think everyone as a fan turned a blind, blind eye to, but for U of L to be involved, and just kind of the the arrogance that surrounds some of the figures uh, that were obviously directly a part of it, 
is just it's numbing uh, because there's there's a lot of aspects to it. But one, to not think they would get caught, and to two, to not think about anyone else except you know uh, themselves. No, absolutely. And I, and I think this is a common theme that a lot of fans have been feeling is just frustration and embarrassment and anger. Basically, a lot of the things that we felt during the Katina Powell issue, but it didn't, you know, it, not to this degree. And, and you know, you kind of touched on it there at the end, the, the thinking about themselves, you know, the, the, it was mentioned in the investigation that that the coaches involved with Louisville wanted to keep everything a little bit low key just because of the you know the stripper scandal and and the and the penalties with the NCAA that were coming down and to know that these coaches you know were not only cheating but cared so little about this program and the fans and getting right. in trouble again and were willing to just to get into yet another precarious situation again is really what what hurts the most at this point is knowing yeah i mean as no go ahead you can go ahead as the facts kind of unraveled and you, and you find out that that Rick was directly involved and, you know, you can kind of dance around the topic of whether he knew, but it's really hard to do so given all the, the circumstances to knew what he was doing. And that's one thing because he was a guy that, you know, created the mantra of mobile first, right. starts forever. He was a guy that totally acted, you know, I run a clean program. I'm going to show people how clean my program is after the Andre McGee stuff and to do it again and to just, to play everyone. I mean, that's that's a whole other uh, take away everything else. I, I think you can say part as a fan, you, some fans may not say it, they may feel it. Some guys will be like, I, I don't care if my coach cheats, I don't care if my program cheats, as long right. as they don't, don't get caught. I'm not, I'm not in that bundle, but some would say that, but it's a whole other side of it to do it when you know what this fan base and these players, the the group that no one talks about, the student athletes that are supposed to come first, right. you know, right. Total disregard for them as well. No, you're absolutely right. Louisville first cards forever is something I've been thinking about a lot this week, and and this idea that that the program and the name on the front comes first, and 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 there's been so many occasions from the, you know these allegations coming out to you know we're going to talk about Rick's firing, but the way that Rick has acted since he's he's basically been you know put on leave, quote unquote. We all know it's firing, but but that's not the point. You know, basically, since he's been fired, Rick has not acted in a Louisville first cards forever manner. He's not acted like the Louisville man that he says he wants his players to be. And it's it's the general brazen and disregard for this program and the people who care about it, who play on the court and watch the players. And it's beyond frustrating. And like you said, we all you know, we all knew this is happening. You know, there's been some level of paying players for decades on decades in the NCAA. We know amateurism is a scam. You know, it's 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 a sham. But just to to see here, Rick, especially over the years, you know, a lot of people have played that 2014 clip of him talking about shoe companies, which which in all fairness, I do think he was genuine about being frustrated about that. And I think that came at a time where Louisville was really struggling to break into top elite level recruiting. But just, yeah. you know, just to hear it, it's it's so frustrating. It, it, that's, I think, the best word. Yeah, I mean, and this is a guy I, I struggle with a lot of the why, because uh, you take a, take away the talent. You know, Louisville's a talented team. They're a talented basketball program. Whoever's coached them, they're going to get guys. But the why, Rick Bettino is one of the greatest college basketball minds ever. 
I mean, right. it, yeah, no, two, a two, two, a two, three, a two, three zone defense that people marvel over. People go. You have the high school seminars that that talk about this way he's implicated in the game, and it's just you don't have to do that. You're, you know, right. Tom Izzo doesn't do it. I mean, I, you would think that there's certain other people that you'd say to do that. You're one of those guys who doesn't need an advantage. No, you're absolutely right, and 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 that's the biggest strategy of all is is the fact that this great basketball mind is has been brought down over these over the you know these two scandals and um you know and, and despite the fact that that everyone on twitter you know loves to poke at rick loves to make 15 second jokes about rick patino loves to joke on louisville and the scandals rick is is still and and, and i'm sure he's gotten calls from the the mike krzyzewski's from the 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 boheims the you know the roy williams he's so well respected in the world of basketball that to see his career no matter how you feel about him to see his career end like this it, it, it's a shakespearean tragedy it's it, he's he's such an intelligent basketball mind that to lose him to to something this the, these two scandals that are so stupid and, and and you know so unnecessary and embarrassing it's it's beyond belief you know even when i think about it now and it's been five days yeah it, it's it's insane i mean i i stood on that campus um to i guess the first day it went down saw Tom George come in, saw Rick come in, and it was just kind of all shocking because there's this, there's a part of me, obviously, you know, growing up in Louisville, I was nine years old when Rick Pitino was hired. So yeah. uh, there's a part of me that, you know, kind of admired him from a young age, and then you kind of get separated, you cover the teams, and you, you lose a little bit of that fandom to an extent. But it, it's like, you know, it, in a lot of ways, it's a sports hero of mine that I've just seen torn down, and I'm just like, you were a fraud. <laughs> there's not really any ways to put it and and you know to 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 kind of change gears you know just it, it it's it's easy to look at louisville obviously given the fact that you know we live here and we care about this team but it, it also seems like such a huge such a huge moment for college basketball as a whole that that's really unfolding um you know Arizona and Auburn and Oklahoma State and USC are the other schools that, that are clear to be implicated. Also, Miami and Alabama looks like as well. And more schools are going to come out. But like we've sort of been talking about, you know, this has been hush hush for, for this has been the biggest open secret in college sports is that players are getting paid. Um, and, and the shoe company, especially in basketball, the shoe company's involvement has always been precarious. It's always been, you know, secretive to to a, a, an over degree. So I think, you know, I'm interested in hearing from you sort of what you think about this scandal in relation just a little bit to, to the entire college basketball landscape and, 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 you know, the NCAA model as a whole. Well, I think there's a few interesting points to it. You know, the, the first one's a little bit outside the box. I think it's very, very interesting that, the NCA had no knowledge of this investigation. Um, that the FBI didn't tip them off. Not that they could have done much, but that they didn't kind of share this information with them. Because I think it kind of questions the integrity of the NCA as right. a whole. And not um, not only that, that they, you they know, didn't. not 
just to, don't mean to jump in on you, but at this point, the rumor and, and the word being reported is that the NCAA investigators are being told by the NCAA not even to get involved, not to do a single right. thing. So it's just a step further. They're, they, it's not just even that they weren't even told or talked to about it by the FBI. They're being told, get the hell out of our way. Right. And, and when you see that, like I said, it, it totally, you know, kind of they're questioning them as a, a governing structure. So I, I think that's a whole nother thing that's that's very interesting. But we've been saying for years, you know, Jay Billis has obviously been the loudest proponent of this, is this business model doesn't work. You know, amateurism as a whole is is a sham. I mean, there's a there's a reason why no other country in the world has college athletes that are playing in sports. They have academies, they have different things. There's a lot of there's too much money in, in your main producers of that money get cut out. So they're going to find a way to find access to that, whether it's shoes or, you know, anything else, there's too much money to be made. Um, so I think that's, I don't know that there's really, I can really wrap my head around this school's investigation because I don't think there's much of a limit to it to, as to how far it can go. It's, it's the biggest, obviously the biggest story that's ever been in college sports in my life and possibly in sports as a whole, because I don't think you can truly measure how much it's going to shape things going forward. And, and, you know, a few people have been joking on Twitter, you know, a common turn of the phrase I've used it several times is the tip of the iceberg. You know, these, these schools <laughs> that have been used that have been talked about, it's really just the beginning. And, and we're obviously, you know, Obviously, everyone here wants a certain school to be named that's down to I-64, but it's not even just about that. It's just about the entire idea of amateurism. And we really, you know, obviously we're focused on Louisville, understandably so, but this really could be, we could be on the precipice of a complete change to college basketball and a complete change to NCAA. A lot of people have talked about the fact that some of the biggest schools in college basketball have wanted to start their own league and college football wanted to do their own thing. That might be something that you hear more about in the next few months. It's, it's going to be really interesting to see, okay, is this, are these the only universities that are going to be named? I don't think that that's the case. Or are we going to go down this rabbit hole and see how far, far it goes? And judging from experts and, and people who know how the FBI work and, and sort of how this investigation was laid out to the public, given the fact that Nike was, was raided earlier this week and, and, and an agent's office was raided earlier this week, it sounds like we're just getting started. And it's, it's, it's going to yeah, be I mean, fascinating. These guys... This, it's very important that people understand that these are the feds. You know, these guys, they're out of New it's York. <laughs> they're, they, they come through, they come for Wall Street people. They come for mobsters. This is not, uh, they're not going to do a five-year in, investigation to, you know, implicate a few teams, three to four teams. There's a lot of information. And I think, I think uh, another point that's quite interesting is when this whole thing kind of went down, they said, you know, to the people involved, you should come to us because if we come to you, there's going to be a lot more issues. And I, I think when they say something like that, I've talked with quite a few people that they already have what they need. I mean, I think it was a 95% conviction rate that the attorney general has in the last like 10 years. So, uh, you know, they have a pretty substantial case. So I think you're going to see a lot of schools going forward. Um, absolutely a storyline to be watching in the in the weeks 
um, in months to come that, that it, it, you know, honestly is, is going to cast a shadow on this college basketball season and could easily move over into college football. Um, because, you know, and, and a lot of people have been like, oh, why the, why is the FBI spending their time on this? You know, this is just, you know, a hundred thousand dollars to, to Brian Bones family, $150,000 to an Arizona player. It, it the thing about it is, is okay. That's that's two instances. But if you're talking a couple dozen players in every single class that are getting these types of things, and and I keep telling people this, you know, the, so if Brian Bowen, is, who's the last, you know, the the last five star to to commit in the 2017 class, gets 150 thousand dollars, how much you think a guy like R.J. Barrett is being offered? How much you think a guy who, you know, these top triple quadruple diamond recruits that are the tip top you know what do you think those guys are getting because i guarantee you it's not nothing right. and and, and it, you, you, i was just gonna say you look at what happened today um russell westbrook he, he extends a i think it I'm not sure who his brand is and maybe adidas i'm not sure who his contract with is but he extended that contract he's with he jordan i think like 200 is it is it jordan yeah he's, so he's got jordan two hundred thousand dollars a game uh, I mean, there is just too much money to be made. Yes, um, absolutely. And that's that. That's the crux of the problem. And it, there's a lot of avenues to go down to fix that. There's a lot of things you can do, but I don't think there's a one shoe, you know, fits all answer. No, absolutely. And that's you know, and and how how to figure out how to fix that carbon problem is a podcast on its own. But it's obviously that that this is just the precipice of something much bigger, and and uh, you know. Uh, I said it the, the day uh, on Tuesday, you know, if I'm if I'm a fan of any college basketball team, it is not, you know, it, it, of any major college basketball program. It's it, I don't think it's a matter of if it's when it's it's when something's going to come out. And, and maybe not oh, every not everybody get not everybody will get nailed. Not everybody will go through the NCAA, but everyone is going to have some kind of bad tie to them, whether it's through their shoe company or through some agent or through something. It's all going to come out because these guys ain't going to jail without taking down all their rivals. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> if you're an Oklahoma yeah, State, I mean, if you're an Oklahoma State coach, you ain't going down without taking out Oklahoma. You know, it's it's yeah. it's gonna get there. <laughs> these coaches have egos, and these investigators have egos too. Um, <laughs> you know, they have they have people they want to uh, finish the case on as well. Right, right. And you're hearing people like Dickie V saying that they're already. You know, more names are coming. They they know so. It's something to watch, but um, we'll, we'll, we'll keep let it. Let the snitching begin. Uh, let the snitching begin. We'll, but we will we will bring it back to Louisville. And obviously, um, as we mentioned before, and as you likely know if you're listening to this, I would hope you know that um, the result of, of the Louisville part of this investigation um, is both Tom Jurich and Rick Patino being placed on administrative leave. Uh, my expectation, and Chris, I, I imagine yours, is that they will never work for the University of Louisville again. Um, well, maybe at some point down the road, but not in any capacity in any of the near future. Um, and it, it's it's quite the end of an era, you know, for both of these coaches. And I want to take a little bit of time to talk about each. You know, Chris, you talked specifically this week in, in a column for NeverNervous.com, which I recommend everyone go check out, um, about the end of Tom Jurich and, and, and just, you know, kind of how, how things all ended. You know, it, what, what were your thoughts, you know, on Jurich-wise? Um, on on how things went down you know my thoughts on on tom george are a little bit more clear-cut than everyone else he's been kind of the one that's got a little bit more leeway with the fans and you know for good reason right Uh, 
the campus was practically built by him. Um, you drive down Floyd Street, he's responsible for a lot of that. And that's not to discount anyone else, but it, it's the facts of the matter. He hired Ribatino, yeah. you know, he hired Ken Lola, he hired Dan McDonald. He, he's done all these things, but I, I don't think you're, you're bigger than the university. Um, and that's what he's became for a lot of people. And that's why they've kind of hedged. But when you, when you kind of, you know, you're, you stand up for people, um, that don't make the right decisions at the end, you be you, you become a victim as well. And I, I think that's what kind of happened for him. And something, you know, everyone obviously knows what's going on with these scandals, but I think what a whole lot of people, you know, some people are understand, understand, but I don't think everyone really understands kind of the magnet, the magnitude of the issues that Tom recently has had with administrators with, with uh, mm-hmm. Dr. Postal. That is, you know, I think when it's all said and done and we, you know, we write the history of Tom Jurich, the final chapters will, will almost, almost certainly talk more about these administrative squabbles than this scandal itself, just because there's, there's been a lot of friction. I mean, everyone remembers, I think the, um, you know, the Papa John Schnatter um, kind of dust up and, and, and that came from a place where a lot of the trustees that are currently at the university are really concerned. They're really, you know, really concerned about the 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 momentum of the university. You know, they got rid of Dr. James Ramsey to in an effort to really clean things up. You're going to see a lawsuit here in the here. I would I would guess in the next six months or so, suing the foundation and Ramsey um, for for a lot of these lost funds of, of some some sort of law sort of lawsuit of some sort. And I think that. For these people in power at U of L currently, and a lot of the, the a lot of the boosters and donors, there started to be some kind of understanding and inkling that it's not that Tom was going to necessarily stonewall any kind of progress in terms of transparency and and working together, but he wasn't going to he wasn't going to go out of his way to work alongside a new administration to kind of bring athletics oh, no. into the whole and rehabilitate this, you know, financial, this, this mode of financial responsibility, this transparency into where the money is going. I mean, given even the fact, and and I know it was for legal reasons that Tom's son, Mark Jurich, the assistant athletic director at UofL had to be paid under a certain different way. And, and people didn't realize people didn't know. And those are the types of things that, that people at UofL want to know at this point in time, they want to, they want to know where the money's going. So to bring it all back to athletics and this situation, I think when you look at Tom Jurich's firing, you have to also look at that piece. And that's not what a whole lot of fans understand. They see the great things that are happening with athletics that Tom Jurich has done. Like you said, he is, I, I still, and I agree with you and I'll one up what you said. He's the most important person in this university in, in, in for God knows how long. He has single-handedly revitalized, and and everything that's happening is not necessarily a direct, but at least partially responsible to the work that he's done in increasing the university's popularity and image in the nation, thanks to our athletics. And he's got a big part of all that, the, you know, all the new buildings on the the classrooms, the sacks, stuff like that. But. I think the you know guys like Dr. Postal and the trustees they worried that this new shining university that they that could be more than just about sports couldn't exist right. with Tom in power. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, what happened with Tom in a lot of ways was he was never questioned. And I think they kind of built up this persona of him. Well, uh, I'm right. I'm not going to ask people. I'm not going to listen to different things. Because James Ramsey was fine with him, you know, kind of doing the things he wanted to do. Um, not taking no for an answer and going about it how he saw fit. And, you know, he kind of, in a little bit of ways, kind of got out of touch with, with differing opinions. And I think he made a few missteps and kind of underestimating the power of Postal and never kind of thought that he would come at him the way he did and when when he was threatened to hear a little bit of different opinions he you know kind of shunned away from that it was his way of the highway and it ended up being his undoing you can't you can't be in a leadership role and not listen to anyone around you just that's that's not leadership hello Nothing can can take away the impact that Thomas had on this university. That's definitely the case, and um, you know, obviously that this university is better for having him. And it, it's it's frustrating. You, you know exactly like you said. You know, if you're a leader, you got to listen to other people still, even though you're a leader. And um, my understanding is there were people from around the university who were trying to have him collaborate more with administrators, faculty, student groups, all these people who were having qualms with athletics. And he, you're right. He never said he, he was never ready to say, um, yes to, to changes. It was his way or the highway. And, um, you're right. Yeah, and Go ahead. And I just want to say, I kind of think in a lot of ways, you know, he, he kind of got motivated into that role. I, I'm not sure that he came into U of L with that, you know, that type of approach to it. But I think when you're so successful for so long and no one really questions the thing you do, and for good reasons, uh, you know, we pointed to them, you, you're going to kind of feel that way. You're going to build up an ego and you're, you're going to, you know, take differing opinions for what they are. But it, it ended up being as in doing that and, you know, kind of blind loyalty for someone else. When you're at the top and there's people under you that are making mistake after mistake, you eventually have to, you, you can't go to bat for them anymore. I completely agree with everything you're saying, and um, it's it's a it's a tragedy that I had to end this way. But I think that there are a lot of people interested in the well-being of the university, and and that's something I think the fans don't understand a whole lot is right. is that you know they think they they see this as as a purely athletics move and as a purely you know uh, about the scandal. But I think there's a lot of people who really care about the university and really want to see it succeed and grow uh, that that worried about how Tom's place in that was going to be. How is he going to help it be more than just about sports? How is he going to move us in into being a truly, truly a, a well-respected academic institution that um, isn't having to deal, you know, is growing well and, and organically and, and can sustain some of the growth that it's had in the in the past five years. Um, but of course, the other the other big firing, Rick Pitino, um, we've talked a little bit about his firing and, and sort of the issues, you know, sort of how he kind of devolved into this. And, and, and I think, you know, one thing a lot of fans have been talking about is whether or not Rick knew and this types of things, is he coached too and that type of thing. And, and I think we're both in agreement, uh, Chris, that it, it doesn't matter if he knew or not, if he was coached to or not. It's one of those fool me once, right. shame on you know, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me type things, and it just at this point, 
the worst case, my, what I've been saying is the worst case scenario is that he knows about everything and he's been lying to us. The best case scenario yeah. for Rick is I didn't know about Katina Powell and I didn't know that my player, that my coaches were lying to me about paying players. So in all of those situations, there are people in the basketball program at the University of Louisville who believe that they can lie to their boss on a regular basis. And that's just right. not how any company works. If you're the, if you know, yeah. Chris, you're the manager somewhere and everyone feels like they can lie to you, you're not going to be a good manager. So I, I, yeah. I, 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 mean, I, I don't see there's any situation that, that Rick, Rick, Rick can no longer stay at this university. Yeah. You're either guilty of ignorance or you're, you're guilty of cheating. Both of those kind of, you know, shitter movies for your job. You, you only get to play the card of, I didn't know that's, that's a one time. One thing. time. Yeah. One you know, use only. <laughs> but right. I, I was one of those guys and I, I still am actually one of those guys that doesn't think he knew about Katina Powell. And if only for the simple reason that Rick wears the best suits, he has the best, you know, he has Yeezys that would make Kanye. <laughs> he, he, not really his style would be to go get strippers from Louisville. It's just not, you know, I mean, it's, I hate to put it so black and white, but that's not really, that's not something he would do. Right. He'd be a little bit more removed the money. And, and, you know, that's to me that, that makes a lot more sense. But the, the second instance now, um, and you know, you can make, you can make the argument that he didn't know. Uh, there's a lot of circumstantial evidence I would say otherwise. And I, I kind of lean towards that side just because of all the coincidences. But you can make that argument. But like you said, at this point, it's it doesn't matter. If you don't know, you're you're like I said, you're guilty of ignorance, and that's just as bad in the sense of cheating. So. No, you're absolutely right, and 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 I think you know even. I think it's frustrating for me and I'm sure for you and a lot of Louisville fans, just the way that he's been responding since this all kind of started, mm-hmm. you know, he played, he, he, he's played the, I didn't know card. Um, and a lot of this is just posturing for what sounds like is going to be a terrible trial, um, a, a lawsuit that he's going to try and get his $44 million that he's owed by the university for, for, uh, you know, being fired. And, um, you know, all of the ways in which he's, yeah, it just, all of the ways in which he, he's kind of responded, um, we'll, you know, we'll talk a little about David Padgett, but just the fact that he puts out a, a press release, um, kind of doubling down on all of the things that he's been saying about not knowing at fi- at four fifty nine when he knows, everybody knows that David Padgett is going to be introduced at five o'clock, you know, and it goes back mm-hmm. to, the, it goes back to what you said about Louisville first. Rick has not acted Louisville first in any way, shape, or form since since being fired and since this scandal broke. And and that more than anything as a fan it infuriates me because it's just all BS <laughs> and just it, 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 yeah. you hate getting BS. <laughs> yeah, I mean when you when you feel like you're you've been a victim of of contempt, it, it's it's a lot more difficult. It's it's one thing for someone to stand in front of your face and say, I think you're a joke. It's another thing for someone to stand in front of your face and, you know, treat you with goodness, treat you with cadence, and then go behind your back and say, hey, this guy's a joke. And that's that's kind of the way it feels. I mean, you play us this card of I'm all about the program, I'm all about the basketball, this is the best city to coach in, you know, this is one of the greatest states to coach in, and, and all that nonsense. And you do things like – release that press release at 459 that says you don't give a damn about anyone else except yourself 
completely sign on with every, everything you're saying. And it's, I don't know, it's, it's, it, it's pretty hard and to, to kind of fathom even still just thinking about how little disregard it feels like he has. And, and you know, in his statement, yeah. he was in his statement that he released at 459. He was very thankful for quote, all the fans who reached out to him. How about for all the other fans that you've hurt that, 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 that feel betrayed Rick, you know, even, even if you're saying to this day, you, you didn't know, you know, have some sympathy for the fans that are in this tough position of having to decide whether they trust their coach of 20 years or not. You know, it's, it's, it, it it boggles me how how little understanding and how how little he cares for this for for this fan base and this university at this point because it just doesn't feel that way. But you know, a question I have for yeah. you. Go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say just just want to go back just for a quick second to you know kind of back to the why because that that really interests me for a lot of reasons. No, absolutely. I think you go back to to when Louisville, Louisville lost to Moorhead State, they and I guess they had a loss to California the year before, back-to-back first-round tournament exits. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of rumors around that time that, you know, Rick was, was really toying with retiring. Um, I, I don't know that his passion was in it as much. I don't know if the interview was there. And he's talked and about then Kyle that. Yeah. Got hired. yeah. Yeah. And, and then Kyle, Kyle Perry got hired. And I think, in a way, I think that rejuvenated it, but I, I seriously, seriously think, and I, you know, I've said this before, and I think we're kind of in agreement. I don't want to speak for you, but I, I think that was a precursor to doing a little bit of these things, you know, a little bit dirtier because I, I think he felt the need to to prove a little something, and I don't know why he felt that way. He was already a Hall of Famer at that point, but I definitely think he did. No, and absolutely, and and you know only he can tell us how he felt and why he said things. But Rick, I think Rick is the type of person. And, and, and as we've seen him, he is the type of person to both say nothing, but say everything. And Mm -hmm. I've never bought into this. I've always believed that there is a level of friction between him and John Calipari. And I completely agree with you that, that I think, that was he was no longer the big dog in the state and that bothered Mm -hmm. him and yeah he went and he won a title but he was still losing his recruiting battles and i think that's where the 2014 ran about shoe companies came in because i believe at that time that's he had lost teague he had lost um i'm trying to remember purvis he lost all all, you know these very very trey lyles i think was maybe just right after that but he was losing all of these guys to Kentucky and, and to Nike schools. And it, it was, it was, it was clear, I think to Louisville fans just in general, that shoe companies had something to do with it. And, and yeah, cause I mean, I'm just going to say, sorry. I, I think if you're saying now that, you know, it's, it's kind of always been about Rick. He's been a little bit selfish, Rick, that in the same vein, you can make that argument because he, if he's all about Rick, he wants to be the main story in the state. He wants right. to be the guy. Right. And he wasn't that guy. And I was reading, it's funny because I was reading, I was reading some old quotes from Cal Perry when Providence, may have been Providence, Providence played Kentucky, like in the 1990, 1991 NCAA tournament. And Cal just some of the quotes he said, he, he wanted to be a lot like Rick. They're very right. similar, you know, personalities. And I think that kind of fed in there a little bit too. They're both Italians. They grew up in the same type of 
like area it's just it's pretty interesting no the similarities are really there and and that's something that will definitely be explored and 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 i've thought a lot about is just this this idea you know this the that that rick was pushed by kentucky and and whether or not that pushed him to to completely to to begin cheating um i'm not sure but did that have an impact? Yeah. And is that is that something that I think twenty years from now we're really going to look at? One hundred percent. And and you know that kind of brings me you know to to a question for you is obviously right now people are frustrated with Rick Pitino. I'm frustrated. I'm angry. Um, I, I think you are too. What do you think twenty years from now? How will we feel about Rick Pitino and, and what he's done for this university? You know. Uh... <laughs> I'd hate to say it. I think this is right up, but I, I don't know that you're you're going to think any. Uh, you're going to have less thing, and you're going to be able to look at the full lens of his career. But I, I think this is something that's going to forever taint his legacy. It, it, it may have been different if you go to the NBA and you have some success because there's another you know another storyline there to kind of explore. But you're going to look at it at a guy that you know did things under board that he didn't need to do. Yeah, you won multiple championships at different schools and you were a hall of famer. Um, but did you do it all fairly? I mean, people still look at, I think they look at Tom Brady <laughs> a little, a little differently now, just all the things that he's been involved in. And it's not even close to some of the things that, you know, Rick's been alleged of. So right. I don't know that you'll ever, you'll ever look at him, and look beyond this too much. Um, Ian O'Connor wrote a pretty great piece um, for ESPN, and yeah. he, you know he kind of said that he kind of said that Rick won't be known for going to multiple Final Fours; he'll be known for being a colossal waste of talent. And that <laughs> it's hard for me to you know argue that um, Hall of Famer coach, like I said, a guy that I admired growing up. Obviously, loving mobile basketball my whole life, but it's difficult to say he's ever going to be able to get past this. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and 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 I think it's something interesting. And you know, I think you know, I've had some conversations with some people, and I I told it, you know, I saw a a text that Terry Miners posted about Rick, um, about you know, he was you know, he's like, oh, this weekend's so sad because I'm not with my players and blah blah blah. And, and I texted my buddy and I said, is it wrong that I really couldn't give a flying you know what about Rick Pitino and how he feels right now? And 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 and, and he yeah. said no. He said no. There's no. I. What what are we supposed to do as fans? You know our. There's no way we. I don't care what Rick Pitino feels right now. We're in this situation, whether or not he knew because of him, because of his a, his inability to 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 be a great manager and manage this program, or B because he straight up cheated. So I just I would I, say, go ahead. I would say you're kind of making a pretty loud statement when you've <laughs> won a national championship at two different schools. And you may never be welcome back at either one. And that's isn't that crazy? That's just like insane to think about that he's never going to be welcome back in Kentucky, and he's never going to be welcome back in Louisville. And yeah, and I couldn't imagine imagine t- asking somebody that you know ten years ago or when he takes the job even five days ago. I know, and it's crazy. It's crazy to think about, and it's insane to think about. And um, you know, we I think. It's something I've thought about all week, and I will continue to think about it as the season goes on. Um, but you know, Rick Rick is obviously the past at this point, as crazy as that is. 
Um, but there has a future is starting to be formed and and Louisville has a new interim basketball coach and his name is David Paget and of course David was you know on Monday David was the third guy in line at the university he was the third chair at, at the University of Louisville and today he is their third head coach in 50 years and that's insane and um, you know Chris what what was your reaction to Paget being named um, obviously there was there was a lot of questions about you know whether they would completely clean house or bring in Paget, who it's it seems like wasn't involved. He's promised he's not involved in the in in the issues. But what was your reaction to to this this decision by Doctor Postal? You know, there's a there's a few different layers to it, um, but I I think the main thing is that Louisville made the right choice because they made the players happy, and for all these things that have happened that no one's thought about the players. It was about time that the players could, you know, have their say on something. And I, I think there's definitely an argument to be made. Um, you're not totally cleaning house. I think that's there. But you look at, you know, they started practices today around college basketball. There's not many guys are going to get. Um, you can make the argument about Scotty Davenport and Grant. You, I'll, I'll listen to you. But I think it all comes down to this point to making the players happy. You look at a guy like Quinn Snyder, who <laughs> I just I keep thinking about Quinn Snyder for a lot of reasons, being a local guy, you know, already missing out on one title. But it, making making them happy was was paramount, I think. And in you know, Doctor Postal was in a very unenviable position. Um, you either make the critics happy, and and you get someone. You get a guy like Tom Crean, who has no connection, who um, you know you can come in and be an outside person, and and you kind of say, oh, this we're cleaning house, or you please the players. And I'm glad I'm glad they please the players because I think for the fan base as well, they needed something to latch onto. They needed something to feel mm-hmm. good about, and, and and that wasn't going to happen if the players weren't happy. And I know there's been and that some. That wasn't going to be Tom Creed either. It wasn't going to be Tom Creed. The players now on Tom Creed. And I know there were some rumbles that that the players um, reached out to Doctor Postal. I, I can confirm that. It sounds like they sent some kind of letter of some sort, um, and, and and clearly outlined that they wanted to they wanted to have David Paget be their next coach, and that's something that more you know has to be done in my opinion at this point they've got to do it they, they've got to please the players um they've got to keep this thing afloat you know and if it comes down somewhere down the line that that david paget um david paget was a part of this scheme or, or something like that then at that point you make a change but you've you've got to please the players first and i, I think if something did happen down the line the players will understand yeah but, and it's it's important to remember it's important to remember that this is a short-term fix. You know, the the big hire and the guy to, you know, kind of shape the future of Louisville basketball comes, you know, a little ways from now, um, probably at this point next year. You know, we'll see what happens with David Pageant if they make some kind of run. Uh, I would say he'd be in the mix, but I think this is, this is a guy you needed for the moment for the short-term fix. Um, and I think, like you said, I totally agree. Um, making the players happy is the biggest thing right now. And beyond that, I'm ready to see honest be a point forward and <laughs> play that David Patches style too. No. And, you know, we started this podcast uh, a little bit after the, the meeting or uh, the captains, honest 
um, Dengadel and Quentin Snyder. Uh, as captains, they had a press conference and, and they talked about, you know, it seemed like they were all smiles. It seemed like they were very happy and pleased. There was a quote going around uh, from, from Quentin Snyder where, you know, he said he was shocked when he saw the allegations come out. But now that he's good, that Paget is involved. Um, and, and it sounds like as a team, they, they're kind of rallied around it. It doesn't seem I, 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 from what I've read, it sounds like nobody is has immediately looked to leave as as honestly, I expected at least one or two guys to do to just walk right. out the door before the season started and not, you know, not risk any more eligibility. Um, so it seems like the players are happy. And, and, and to go back to Paget. Paget did extremely well. I think as well as anyone could have done in that opening press conference in outlining um, all of the different, you know, the fraughtness and the and, and and how difficult this situation is. Just just thinking about it, the fact that he he was the third guy and now he's number one, and he was able to na- to maneuver that so well, so well. And I'm extremely excited to see what he can do. And and it sounds like the players they're coming in with some excitement, which by all in, yeah. intents and purposes they shouldn't, given what's happening. And I'm ready to see yeah, them absolutely. really prove themselves for these fans and for this university. Yeah, and I mean that dude, uh, you know, kind of back to the the way he navigated through that press conference. The dude's the dude's 32 years old, um, <laughs> maybe 34, 32 or 32, but. You go from 72 hours being the third in command, and then now you're the head coach of Louisville basketball, and you're sitting on a press conference being asked questions about an FBI investigation. And you can't really do any better than right. he did. I think he was. I think he was definitely coached a little bit on some of the FBI questions. He didn't really comment too much on those. Right. But he navigated that 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 really well. And you know, kind of back to the players. I, I don't think you can be really prouder to have some guys that representing your university because they have shown so much moral maturity when, you know, the adults around them that are supposed to be the adults in the circumstance have kind of let them down. Um, and they have just navigated through it with so much grace. And it, there's not really much you can say it really, really kind of the, the proof of Lola first cards forever. Absolutely. Uh, I guess <laughs> they've proven it more than the coaches have. And that, and that's, that's for dang sure. And, and to, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned Quentin Snyder and, and, and I, and how much you've thought about him and just, you know, some of these guys who've been on this team, they've missed, they've missed an opportunity to go to the postseason already. And now they're having to deal with this BS and you know, the ability for them to, to just come in and act like adults and, and, and be excited. Uh, it's, and it, well, after watching both of these press conferences and, and hearing what these people have to say, it's gotten me excited about this team. And, and that's I'm all you can go. ask. I'm ready to go. And I, I'm saying, you know, people, you know, I don't think people are forgetting, but this is a top 10 team talent wise in the nation. And, you know, you're going to lose. You will see. Go ahead. You will see this city rally around this team more than they've probably ever rallied around a little basketball. Completely I mean, agree. You, you've seen them kind of put Damian Lee and Trey Lewis and damn near stardom status and, you know, kind of cast them up as one of the greats of Louisville, and you're going to see something probably that you've never seen um, just because there's a lot of emotion. And there's not really – there's not many communities that are connected to their basketball team like this community is. So 
you will see that for sure. No, of course. And it's going to be very exciting. And um, I know I'll be at those. It sounds like they're going to do the red-white scrimmages still. Um, I'll be at those. Mm -hmm. I hope a lot of fans will show up. Uh, I know that's been an event that fans haven't historically gone to in, in large amounts, especially compared to you know other universities who have big opening events. So I hope a lot of people will show up and, and really get, get excited for this team because they deserve it. Um, one more thing before we head out of here, you know, I'd be remiss if we did not talk about the future and, and, you know, even as soon as Rick was fired, there were a hundred different stories talking about, um, who, who possibly could be next there. It sounds like there's a six month contract currently for, for David Padgett, whether or not he stays on staff. I think if I'm David Padgett, I take this opportunity as a dress rehearsal for being a head coach somewhere and, and just take that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I sort of get the inkling, um, sort of the way he answered some questions and just the way that people have responded and the rumblings is that he. it's not that he wouldn't be welcome back. It's that I think it would be encouraged that in March it truly is a clean house and that they truly move on with, with, with who's going to be the coach of the future. So – that being said, who who is you? Who who would be your dream coach of the future? Um, who's the guy who you, know, who you want Louisville to go get in March? I've kind of bounced back and forth with this, um, and I, it could change based upon how this season goes. But I really do keep coming back to Shaka Smart. Um, he, he had that bad season at Texas. Texas. I know a lot of people are going to mention Chris Mack, and that's a valuable candidate. But I I really like Shaka Smart just because his style is so conducive what you know Lowell bas- basketball for, that high-paced, pressing offense. Um, and he's a younger guy, too, and I, and I think that's important to remember. But great recruiter. And all around, uh, he's been a guy that I, I've wanted at Lowell ever since, you know, you've kind of contemplated Rick leaving. But um, I would definitely say Shark Smart. I completely agree. In a lot of ways, I think Smart for lack of a better way uh, way of kind of saying this, I think he's the best candidate for 2017, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. I, he's an exciting guy. I, I've actually, I met him before. Um, I met him the year, I, it wasn't the year they went to the Final Four, I think it was the year after at the, at, 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 I was at the Final Four and I met him and he just is an exciting guy and just like there's an energy to him um that that is is so uh, you know it's addicting and 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 the players around him love him in a unique way and I, and i think especially when you talk about the fact that his the person who's going to be constantly compared to is John Calpari who is Mr. Character in his own you want to have a guy that that i think is really exciting and and such um i wouldn't be upset if they hired Chris Mack i, I you know he has a lot of history and a lot of ties to Louisville, um, not the university, but you know his wife is from Louisville, and and it's it's I believe his agent lives here. It, it sounds like that's that in a lot of ways is a match made in heaven. Um, uh, I yeah. wouldn't be upset with Greg Marshall. I think that he he's a little bit older, but I think he would be you know he would be a very worthy candidate. And you know j- just to go back to the fact that you know they're doing this in March, I think is it, just the best move. Um, given the fact that we don't know how many more schools are going to be listed in this. And one of these three guys or any of the other people who, who the future athletic director might be thinking about hiring as the next level basketball coach could be implicated. So, you know, it's going to be interesting, but for me, I'm right there with you on Shaka. Um, I, I think Chris smart makes sense in sort of a historical type. He, he, to me, 
makes the most sense next to Denny Crum and Rick Pitino in terms of um, mm-hmm. demeanor and the way he coaches and, and his attitude and general style. Um, but also Greg Marshall, I think, is kind of my third guy rounding, rounding that out. Yeah, and I think I think whoever it is, the way Lowell's kind of branded themselves in a lot of ways through Rick Pitino, but I think it needs to be a stronger personality. Um, someone who, you know talks someone who has charisma someone who you know is a great recruiter and someone who has a little bit of personality with the media because that i do think that kind of matters but as far as you know doing doing the decision in march um i can totally agree with that too and a lot of those deals go down in that final four weekend all the coaches are there that's when a lot of coaches are getting hired so right i, I think that timeline makes sense it would be very interesting to see because um um obviously this you know UofL has had two coaches who've been coaches for a very long time. And um, it's going to be very interesting to see um, how things shake out. I have a feeling that all year long, we're going to be hearing people connected in different ways. I'm sure um, (laughs) there was a lot of word that some people would have been ready to jump on the ship now that they would have been, you know, there was um, a few rumblings uh, that, that there were coaches who wanted it now. But the point is, is that with or without NCAA scandals, the University of Louisville is still a top 10, if not top five, you know, program in college basketball. And anybody is going to want an opportunity at that job, no matter what's going on with the NCAA. They're going to want that opportunity. So I think fans worried about that shouldn't. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Myron Metcalf kind of gave the timeline of, you know, six years from now that Louisville will be back to where they're at. And I don't necessarily agree with that. I would say three or four. Yeah, that's um, especially going into that fourth season. I, I kind of think they'll be ready to go. So you just need a guy that's that's going to navigate through that. You know, hopefully this year. Uh, I, I don't wouldn't think the program would want to self-impose. Let the NCAA do what they want to. Yeah, the self-impose would be just absolutely absurd. Let them have this ride, and then obviously next year is going to be um, <laughs> it's going to be what it is, and then you start building from there. Um, but, but I think you're looking at a timeline of like three to four years. Um, and, and you know, you kind of back to where you want of to be. Course. Yeah. It's, it's going to be an uphill climb. It's going to be a frustrating few years. And, uh, this season I think has the potential, has the potential to still be great, has the potential to be a mm-hmm. final four year. It, I, 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 this team has the talent to do that and you never know what happens in March. Um, but after that, you know, recruiting is an issue now. Recruiting is officially a problem, um, and it's not going to be any easier in the next 12 months to, to 24 months. Um, so I urge everyone to, to hold on. It's going to be a bumpy ride, but it's going to be fun, and we'll be all right. We'll get through it together. And uh, with that, I want to thank Chris for coming on, man. It's always great to have you, and I'm sure we'll have you on very soon um, to, to this podcast. And, uh, again, you can read Chris on nevernervous.com chris thanks for having for for coming on man well always great to talk to you man all right thank you everybody and we'll see you next time